for Radio 1 91FM podcast. We have a feature from Zach about a recent exhibit at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery which delves into the South Pacific slave trade and its supposed connection to Autiporti. This feature covers topics of slavery and colonisation. Listener discretion is advised. Last month, Te Whanganui Atara-based Pacifica artist Jasmine Togo Brisby installed a video exhibit at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. The exhibit, titled Mother Tongue, explores Togo Brisby's personal relationship with the South Pacific slave trade of the 19th and 20th centuries, a trade which is commonly referred to as blackbirding. Blackbirding originated as European colonists in Australia, Peru, Mexico and other regions faced labour shortages, mainly for their coffee, sugarcane and cotton plantations. Those colonists either hired or became blackbirders who sailed around the Pacific, kidnapping or coercing islanders from areas including Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Niue and Tuvalu for indentured servitude. Togo Brisby's work is centered on her reclaiming that history and processing the generational trauma that has afflicted her family as the artist's great-great-grandparents were forcibly removed from Vanuatu as children and put to work in Queensland plantations. In Mother Tongue, gallery goers can watch as the South Sea Islander artist rows a boat above the darkened ominous wreck of a grounded schooner in Koputai Port Chalmers, and as the artist rows alongside her mother and daughter, she softly sings traditional words of blessing, lament, and reclamation. The vessel that Togo Brisby and their kin maneuver around is named Rosalia, but it's better known by its former name, the Don Juan. Don Juan adds significance to Mother Tongue, as historian Ian Church proclaimed that the ship was once used for blackbirding. This claim contributes to a larger historical romanticism surrounding Don Juan and the local cultural imagination, as others have alleged the ship was a Spanish slave ship, a pirate ship, and a blockade runner in Peru. Despite these stories, local historian Charles Clark says Don Juan was never involved with blackbirding, but that the ship was involved with a notorious Chinese indentured labor trade in South America, a trade which was internationally despised for its cruelty. She did three voyages carrying around about 450 Chinese indentured laborers from Macau to Callao in, in Peru. The recruitment process was one of coercion and blackmail and thuggery, really, and the conditions on the ships were very, very bad. And in fact, one of Rosalia's voyages, they lost 64 Chinese laborers. Clark unraveled Don Juan's history in two visits to London, where he looked at official documentation of the ship's mercantile activities in the 1860s. Clark says that ultimately, the historical romanticism behind the Don Juan is born out of its intricate history, and that grand stories often leave a greater impression than the truth. She was a complicated ship. The fact that she had four names adds a, adds a great complication to, to uh, working out what she did. The fact that she flew the flags of six different countries during the time she had four names is also another another complicating factor. The romantic history, of course, of, of any of any ship like that, when when you say that. Um, the vessel is a pirate ship or a slave ship. That's what sticks in people's imagination. If you say she carried a, a piano from Valparaiso to San Francisco, nobody's really interested in that very much. Regardless of the Don Juan's history, the history of blackbirding is etched into the lives of many South Sea Islanders whose families were abducted and forced to work in plantations in Australia and beyond. The horrific practice only officially ended in Australia in 1904, which former head of anthropology and archaeology at the University of Otago, Jacqueline Leckie, points out is unsurprisingly due to racism and the economic benefit of cheap labour. When it ended, the Melanesians who were in Australia, who were in Queensland, the majority of them were sent back to their islands. 
and only a small, a small amount were allowed to stay in Australia. And many Melanesians who had settled in Australia, they didn't want to go back because they were used to living in Queensland. Dr. Frances Steele, who specialises in researching and teaching Pacific history, highlights that indigenous Pacific labour lay the foundations of the Queensland sugar industry, an industry which now generates around 1.5 billion Australian dollars per annum. Its growth really relied on the, these workers. They're the backbone uh, of this whole industry over that 40-year period of growth uh, in, in, in Queensland. The industry itself wouldn't have functioned without them. It's still seen as a very central part of, of the identity of that, that region. Dr. Steele added that one means of reparations for the descendants of blackbirded labourers is the redistribution of wealth from a fund established during the blackbirding era. This fund was supposed to send the wages of deceased labourers back to their families. But Dr. Steele says this never happened, and instead the fund ballooned as more indentured labourers died, especially those working in sugar plantations. Unfortunately, this industry has one of the largest death rates of any migrant group. We think up to about a third of people would have perished or died of diseases um, in the context of this work as well. So this fund um, really grew over time. And so there's been some work done to establish how many millions today that's equivalent to. So the sense that these wages should be returned, I think, and the acknowledgement that they were misappropriated in the first place is a very important first step, as well, I think, as, a, as, as an apology, too, um, for this history, that many people would feel that is an important first step, too. Growing an awareness of this past and just a heightened understanding of, of this aspect of Australia's history. The fact that this aspect of Australian history isn't well known makes hearing the stories of South Sea Islanders like Jasmine Togo Brisby all the more important. If you'd like to view Togo Brisby's Mother Tongue exhibit, you should pay a visit to the Dunedin Public Art Gallery in the Octagon before the exhibit leaves on Titiko Marua or Pipiri, June the 12th. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.